Welcome to the podcast, Career Stories from the Field. I am Penny Strutton, a business psychologist and career coach, and for the last 10 years, I've worked with hundreds of people and helped them find a job or career that fulfills them. Very rarely do we see a straightforward career pathway. This podcast will showcase a variety of careers and highlight the career pathways people have taken to achieve their current position. It is the interesting routes, choices, opportunities and challenges that I will be exploring to showcase how different people have navigated their career. I'm hoping to help young people and career changers join the dots between subjects at school, tertiary education and job experience and give more people confidence to embrace opportunities that take them closer to a fulfilling career. This week, I'm talking to Vijay Tank. Vijay is the Director of Supply Chain for one of the UK's largest energy suppliers. Starting as an accountant, Vijay has navigated his career through finance, consultancy, and has for the last 10 years held directorship roles in multiple departments within his current company. His story demonstrates how we can transfer our skills into various departments, embrace new challenges, and expand our ability if we have the right mindset and attitude. So a very warm welcome to Vijay Tank. Thank you so much for joining me for an episode of the podcast, Career Stories from the Field. Penny, thanks very much for having me. Very much looking forward to our conversation. Let's start off. uh, Introduce yourself. Tell us what your job title is and and give us a bit of an overview about what you do on a day-to-day basis. Thanks, Penny. Yeah, I'd love to. I work for an energy company, large-scale energy company in the UK. The role that I currently hold is the director of the UK supply chain. So that's responsible for all the buying of goods, services and products into our business over a given year and strategically setting that so we have long-term sustainable supply for our customers. So really interesting. What What does a general day in the life look like for yourself? So really good question. So I have a a large team in the UK of about 50 colleagues. We are part of a global team of supply chain colleagues. And our role is to make sure that the wheels on the track are turning so we can ensure that all the goods and services we need to supply our millions of customers, our kind of eight, nine million customers in the UK, there's no interruption in supply. So that's the objective. But the day in the life, really, in my role, I guess, in terms of a leadership role, is just ensuring that the team feels fully supported, that they can do their job to the very best of their ability, and that we have a culture to ensure that we are identifying problems in advance and we have an open culture of addressing those. So I would say, whilst I have a, a lot of responsibility on ensuring a technical role, Probably 75, 75% of my role is really working with colleagues uh, around our business and working with our suppliers out there, um, wherever they may, may be located, um, not necessarily in the UK, but the majority right across the world. So a lot of it is dialogue, alignment, setting common objectives, you know, building positive relationships, setting you know, aspirations and targets and trying to create a culture of, of performance. That sounds, sounds fantastic. So just go back a little bit, just for our listeners, could you give us an example of what those goods and services might be that you are, you're managing? 
Yeah, of course. So it's a, a huge variety and spectrum there. So it could be as simple as ensuring that we have vehicles and the right um, PPE equipment for our people in the field. So those that are installing meters into customers' homes to ensure they've got the right equipment, they've got the right car, they've got the right quality of materials, so they can do an excellent job in our customers' homes. Or it could be right at the other end of the spectrum where we're buying large-scale solar panels or large-scale energy infrastructure, which we're putting into various cities or businesses. Or it could be a microcosm of that and into, into somebody's home where we're putting in energy efficiency measures, putting in um, loft insulation, cavity wall insulation, putting in heat pumps to make homes more efficient in the UK. So the spectrum is wide and it's very much part of an energy company that's trying to ensure homes and businesses are efficient, uh, energy efficient, and there's continuity of electricity and gas into people's homes and businesses too. That sounds really, really interesting. So you mentioned that you have a team of about 50. Within that team, are there uh, sub-teams of specialists that would cover these different goods and services? Yeah, of course, like many roles, you know, whatever you do, you will have a technical specialism. Okay, so the team will will be competent, incredibly competent in fulfilling those skills. So they could be legal skills contractual skills, negotiation skills, project management skills, and a lot of them are acquired professionally or acquired through through doing the role. But 50% of it is about attitude, about interpersonal skills, about, I would say, good, strong people skills at the same time. And that's equally, if not more important than a lot of the technical skills, as it is in you know any other profession outside procurement or supply chain. So let's go back to you. What about your role uh, do you currently really enjoy? I really enjoy working with colleagues who are um, motivated by um, the business agenda, but it also aligns to their own intrinsic agenda. So we're all about driving sustainability, helping drive carbon reduction, helping to reduce customers' um, bills, whether you're in, in the home or in, in business, and trying to do good by colleagues, society, and also the planet. Now, it sounds quite abstract, but how we can bring that to bear in our day-to-day -day jobs is actually a, a huge opportunity for us. So we can work with suppliers on reducing carbon, reducing waste, ensuring that we move away from things that are harmful for the environment. We can come up with solutions that help, help to make customers bills a little better or try and reduce inflationary pressures or we can come up with new solutions as to how we can make homes more efficient so no day is the same because it's all about opportunity and it's worth great working with a spirited team but we all have the same ambition in mind so that's what really gets me and the team out of bed and, and keeps us motivated it's not just about procuring goods and services. Actually, for you, you derive a greater meaning from the work that you, you deliver on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, of course. If you talk to most procurement functions, they will talk about we want the lowest price, we want continuity of, of supply, we want to work with partners. Of course, that all of that is true. Um, but actually, I think to many things, for business and for individuals, there's got to be a stronger purpose there. And if that purpose is clear, then it makes coming to work more enjoyable, there's more collaborative feel to it 
and you feel there's a bigger objective that you're you're driving for. For me, that's really important, not just in this role. I've only been in this role for 12, 15 months, but in all the roles, I think for me, it's important that you feel there's a um, intrinsic motivation to the work that you're doing rather than just going to work, giving your time for an hourly rate. You know, we can, you can do that with anything, really. But if there's, if you're able to find something that's more meaningful, I think you're going to get, you're going to enjoy your work and therefore your life a, a hell of a lot better. You mentioned earlier about the skills that your team have. What particular skills do you require to deliver your role on a high level? I would say in the role that I currently perform, but in, uh, probably in the last 10 years and the various different um, roles I've had, I think it's important that you understand the context of where you're at. So you just talked about the energy industry at the moment as, as we speak, which the context is very different now to 10 years ago. There's a, a huge and rightly desire to move to sustainable technologies, to move away from fossil fuels, to protect household bills, to move away from a heavy inflationary environment, um, to work with government setting long-term energy policy. These are Im- important things to understand contextually. So when you come and perform your role as to what I do, you're not doing it in isolation or, or doing that too parochial. So I think having that context is important. And then I think in terms of setting some clear outcomes and objectives for your team, are equally important so you you are all then setting your own we might have called it vision but however you wish to describe it your kind of own visualization of where you want to get to in your own timeline whether that's 6 12 24 months so these are the things that i think are important to my role and then also i think it's important to know your people and your colleagues really really well so that you know your nobody can do anything on their own you are all a team and you know how you all work together and and how you work together to achieve um, great things I think you need to know each other pretty well and have a good level of trust or working relationships right across the team which is always a challenge in, in, in a home working environment but as important as it is would be in the office. So there's interpersonal skills there's relationship building skills having those really strong, robust relationships is is central to your role, as is that horizon scanning, big picture thinking uh, ability to be able to understand what's going on out there and bring it in to strategize and then uh, roll down objectives and and goals to your team. I think so. I think think you have to have a business understanding. At the same time, you've got to have as deep, if not more deep, people understanding. And you can't generically put people in a single basket because we are all our own person. And so one person may be thinking or or operating very differently to the next person. So therefore, we're a team of 50 individuals. And therefore, as much as we can, we need to work and learn and support one another. So when we're faced with the challenges that I talked about a moment ago, we can get together, forcefully address them and you know, get better results from a team of 50 rather than a 50 set of individual situations. Brilliant. So you mentioned that you've only been in the role 12 to 15 months. Uh, I know you've been at E.ON for some time, but you've had multiple careers within E.ON, I I see. Do you want to just give us an overview of your journey through your career within within this company? 
definitely love to do that. So I started life a long time ago as an accountant, probably not really an accountant per se, without being stereotypical to an accountant. Um, and I was always keen to be at the sharp end of the business, which thankfully Eon have really supported me with. And I've probably had six or seven directorship roles in the last 10, 12 years, if you like, covering IT operations, finance, and more recently into supply chain. So I am from a technical perspective, an accountant, a commercial individual, but I've gained a huge amount of experience on top of that, which is working with leading large groups of people. So on the call center where we had probably 2000 people or running IT programs where we're working with a number of consultants or at some points setting up startup businesses in a big blue chip organization, which brings different different um, ways of working. So I've been blessed and privileged in that, in that regard that I've been able to acquire new skills albeit having worked at the same company so it feels like I've worked in six different companies in fact albeit I, I have had same contract in, in all that time. That's really interesting and I think for our listeners to hear that you've had directorships in quite different areas within the business such as operations finance and now supply chain is must be quite um, reassuring maybe for those that want to change career and, and shift uh, their focus in terms of what, what they do every day. What common skills did you develop and take with you across these directorship roles? What enabled you to be able to seamlessly move to, between the different departments? Well, it, it's not quite as seamless as may I have, may have you know, prescribed. <laughs> I think the real honest answer is, is um, one's own desire or a kind of ability to challenge your own self-beliefs so you may have trained in the accountancy profession as I have for 10 years so you stay there well why do you have to stay there actually you've learned accountancy why can't you not learn something else that might be more interesting and I've my experience quite often is that we just hold ourselves back because of the risk or the fear of not succeeding or maybe not being successful in that role where I'm, I'm actually feel I've done a good job where I am um, I'm trained I've got a good network you know I'm earning a decent salary why then upset that you know and so the fear factor comes into our own minds and maybe that's not always an objective voice to listen to and it sometimes takes a bit of getting used to getting comfortable with being a little uncomfortable and sometimes you need that push and sometimes somebody can give you a little nudge or you can give yourself a nudge. So I found that once I started that train, it was easier to do it a second time and then a third time and then a fourth time. And then, you know, you become more confident in your own abilities. You learn more through new experiences. You learn what you're good at. You also learn what you're not good at, which is also important to know. So you have no blind spots. But you may not always know what you're good at or what you're not good at until you've probably had some different experiences beyond the one that you may have grown up in. So I think maybe the reason I've been at this company for, for the amount of time I have is because I've been fortunate enough to gain new experiences and have the support of, of some great leadership around me who um, are prepared to give me an opportunity to experiment. So I would say, you know, through some of those roles, one or two of them haven't worked out as I planned, but I probably, you know, gained a lot of experience 
in those roles to help me in future roles or even the current role as to perhaps where I need to be better or, or areas to avoid. So I would say, you know, it's not always a straightforward journey and not always one that I probably expected. But uh, when the opportunity arose, I had a bit more confidence to take the roles on rather than just say, well, no, actually, I'd, I'll, I'd rather stay where I am. Thank you. And that's it. It's uh, very really a linear process where we know exactly where we're going. It's where opportunity arises. And if you have the right mindset, you're able to challenge those limiting beliefs and take that, that step into the, the unknown. Then, um, then you start to grow and, and experience new opportunities, new successes that, as you say, enable you to do it again and, and then again. So really interesting. Let's rewind back to when you were at school. Talk to me about the, the different A-levels that you chose. Um, you talk about that you went and, and you studied finance and you were an accountant. So what were those subjects at school that you chose that enabled you to, to move on into that, that qualification? Yeah, so when I was, I was lucky in the sense that when I was 14, I knew I wanted to be in business, the business world. And I didn't quite know whether I wanted to run my own business or, or be part of a larger business. And so... I felt the best route to get into was an area, a discipline within finance. So I chose accountancy and then I selected my A-levels in that vein. So I chose maths, economics, and I chose physics, which was a mistake because I didn't do very well in it. So I chose those and then I did accountancy and finance um, at university. And I think that was, sounds quite linear. I think for what I hear now and, and having, you know, young adults, kids of myself I don't think it's important anymore to select your subjects against your future career aspirations mainly because many don't know what they want to do and also I, I, I feel it's not always that important to select the right subjects I think it's more important to select what you enjoy doing and then naturally are good and motivated by those subjects I also think and this is controversial I think the days of somebody staying in a single career for a long time might be short-lived because I think the rate of technological change will mean that some skills may not be needed to be performed by intelligent human beings and that therefore we'll look for ourselves to be more transitional, have more transition in, in different skills and pick up new skills. So I think the key skill is being able to adapt and learn I think the key thing is not necessarily choosing the right subjects anymore. It's about having the ability to enjoy what you're doing, have an aptitude to learn, have an aptitude to reflect, you know, and um, recognize that things might require some adjustment and there's less linear paths as you described. Uh, so I think the art is being able to consistently learn and not just put your degree away and say, now I'm doing accountancy or I'm doing law or I'm doing operations or I'm doing marketing for the next 30 years, but actually just set an agenda to consistently learn new skills, either academically or technically or through people skills. I think that's the feature of the day. And I think when you stop learning, and I might see it in some colleagues, that's where the fear and anxiety of doing something else increases. I think that's really reassuring for for young people because I too have a, uh, a teenage son and I know that there there is a lot of pressure to choose your A-levels 
choose your A-levels based on what you want to do in life. And as you've just said, you know, we now have multiple careers in a lifetime. You don't stick to one career for the rest of your life. You don't tend to anymore. So why should there be so much pressure on young people to choose what you want to do forever? Because you don't know. And the chances are, the likelihood is that you will have multiple careers. So as you say, why not choose subjects that you enjoy, that motivate you, that you'll excel in, that will you know, keep you uh, positive and motivated to engage and embrace opportunities as they come on further into your career. So I think that's brilliant. That's great advice. Yeah, I, th I, th I think it's, uh, I mean, my daughter's the same, so she's choosing her A-levels. But actually, you know, uh, if you look at a lot of young people now, they're able to create careers away and bring creativity into their life and their work. So I know whether they're a YouTuber or an influencer or they're building new apps. I mean, I was watching Dragon's Den yesterday and seeing Stephen Bartlett on the 28-year-old who's, you know, who's been able to create a wealth of 300 million pounds and didn't have an academic background, but is creative, is able to bring new skills into a modern workplace that works with people, works with society, can generate wealth and can do good. So I think, you know, I think we've got to be open to the fact that there's multiple doors to push now um academics helps in a traditional career path um, but the ability to learn bring creativity find solutions to modern day problems i think is important for business as much as it is for society absolutely and, and added to that those strong relationship building skills being able to work with people is, is critical to, to that as well, isn't it? It's about building those 100%, relationships. 100%. I think that's one of the biggest skills. And I think that's just one for us to be mindful of that our, our kind of new set of employees um, coming through still work on their people skills. And that doesn't become, you know, underdeveloped because of, of technology being the, uh, the access route for communication. We, we need multiple ways of, of being able to communicate. Something you said earlier about, you know, continuing, continuously learning. And when people stop learning, that's when the anxiety for change can kick in. Based on that kind of concept, what advice do you have for career changers who might want to move into uh, your area of expertise currently? It's in uh, procurement or, or any other role. What would you uh, recommend? I'd say if you're interested and you've done your research and that's something you want to give a go, then um, go for it. D don't feel the need to be 100% perfect. Don't feel you need to have known that subject before you've got into it, because that's not the case. Um, go in there with an attitude of, of wanting to learn and, and being the best you possibly can. And then if you get the opportunity, seize it or try and create the opportunity. I think too many of us want everything to be perfect before we kind of apply, or we want to feel absolutely super confident, know the subject, and have no imperfections. Well, I, it's just not real life. So when you first applied for your job, coming out of school, out of college or out of university, you knew nothing about the business world, but you were ready to apply because you wanted a job. So it was a lot harder to get your first job than it is to now get your third, fourth, fifth job. So have a little bit more self-belief, go for the opportunity, don't let the voice in your head hold you back. And the worst thing you can get from it is you've learned the experience, you know, and that's the worst possible thing is that you might have had a slightly negative experience. I would say 99 times out of 100, and I can't even think of one example 
where somebody's pushed themselves and had had a regret about having done so. So I would say, don't listen to the voice in your head. If you want to do something, give it a go. I would say, don't procrastinate about it. Just get on with it and do it and hold yourself to account. Because if you don't do it, nobody else is going to do it for you. Really great advice there. Uh, thank you so much. So to, to finish off, a really fantastic and interesting conversation. Tell me what's next for you. What are your plans for your future career? So I really enjoy the um, some of the things I talked about. How can we create a community of like-minded individuals to make the planet better, to make society better, to make things more affordable and make our infrastructure stronger for the future? How can we do that? you know, with sister companies, with common suppliers, with, with business, with politicians and government. So I think I'm very keen on trying to drive that agenda in the company that I work for, but not specifically for the company I work for, but for some of the, um, some of the benefits I've already described. So I would like to take a more influential role there. That might be a broader footprint than the UK, it might be a, a wider footprint, or it might be a, a deeper area of influence in one of those areas. So um, I don't quite know what the future holds, none of us do, but all I can do is try and, and bring 100% to each day and see where, where it takes me in the next few days and weeks. And that's all I've tried to do. I do try and have markers as to where I want to be in the future, which is to be able to spread my influence wider but I don't hold it to, uh, I'm not beholden to it. So it becomes an anchor to me. So I don't have a perfect answer for you. I want to enjoy my work. I want to be happy in my work. And I want to work with a, with a team that's always looking to do better. And I think those ingredients are important for me as much as it is the title that I hold. Thank you so much. I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. There is so much uh, within our discussion that is, is going to be so useful to our listeners. So thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to another career story from the field. If you enjoyed this conversation, please follow or subscribe. Thanks for listening.